healed, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for who you are. Thank you that you're in the presence of your people today. God, that we have magnified your name and we have worshipped you today, God, and you have inhabited the praises of your people. Thank you, not only here, God, but on Facebook, God, Facebook Live, our EFAM, God, I know they are feeling the presence of God where they're at as well. God, your, your presence is not contained anywhere. It can go wherever we're worshiped, wherever we're praising you, God. You are there to be in our midst, to handle every situation, every trial and tribulation that we're in. You can dispatch angels, God, to every, every part of our lives that needs a touch from the Heavenly Father. Thank you, God, today for your blessing. Thank you, Father, for who you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that we are on holy ground. Thank you, Lord, that today can change everything. That today can change everything in someone's life. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I'm so excited that you're here today. You're such a big deal to me. I, I love when y'all come and you worship and you get involved in the presence of God and you bring people with you and, and you're excited about God and you're excited about kingdom life and you're excited about what God's doing and we have a lot of people watching on Facebook and I'm excited about our extended family there. And today we got, we got a, 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 a few things that we're going to talk about today. I believe this is going to be really good, good for you. I, my message today is uh, addicted to the wrong thing. Addicted to the wrong thing. There's so many things in this world that brings addiction to us, but we're, we're going to change what we're addicted to today. We're going to get addicted to, to Jesus and addicted to our purpose and our destiny today. You know, don't forget, uh, we do have today, all this week and next Sunday, on Snapchat for y'all, for millennials and those people who do Snapchat, if you'll go on and take a picture and you swipe to, to, the, to the left like six or seven times, there's, there's a Kingdom Life filter that you can put it on. So get that, download it, that picture, put it on Facebook and put that picture on your story. So that's another way we can reach this generation. Um, and so we're excited about that. So get, get that app, get that, get that filter and put it on there and, and use it. We're so excited about next week being our third year anniversary. Next week, we're going to be three years old, anniversary. Amen. I'm so excited about that. Amen. We're looking for, to God to do some big things. We're looking for God to bless us. We, you know, we're, we're out of parking, and we're out of place for our kids. Our kids are, are jammed back there in that room, and then we got our, our, our toddlers. Sometimes we have you know, so many toddlers back there, and so, so we are wanting our very best to, to do what we can to, to, to get out of this place and move on to, 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 to somewhere that we can have one service so we can all be together and so we can have places for fellowship, and we can have places for small group and all that. So next, next week, we are going to be taking up our tithes and offerings like normal, but then also we're going to have an especially envelope if you put it in there for building fund we, we want next week we want to try to raise $25,000 so we're believing God for that next week and I know I know that's a uh, let me see I got off my my timer here let me put my timer back on um, so we're going to do that believe it next week for 25 I don't know where it's going to come from it might come in the mail it might come from Facebook it might come from you we may not get it all but we're going to believe God for it so we can start making a, a, a motion and saying God we're serious about it. we're putting our money we're putting our gifts and where, where, where our mouth is so we can say that we want to do better we want to grow and we want to do that this year so we're excited about that opportunity so today uh, talking about addictions there's some, there's some well obviously you know there's some crazy shows on television most of them you don't need to watch because they're just whack one of the whack shows was called, anybody ever seen My, My Strange Addiction? I mean, it's, they had some crazy stuff, man. This, this one woman was on there, and she I was doing some research, and she said that she, she likes to eat rocks. It's her addiction. She's like, I can't go more than two or three hours without eating a rock. She's like, I like the earthy taste. I like to eat dirt. 
don't ruin your teeth, you know. But she was just like eating rocks and stuff. Just, she, she showed her on there. She was just biting rocks. I'm like, God, just pull all your teeth out and just suck on them. You know, I don't know what I'm saying. So, so then another person was on there. And they, they said, uh, we like to, she said, my husband passed and I have his ashes and I, I just loved him. He was my world. He was my everything. So one day I just stuck my hand in there and just ate some of his ashes. And I'm addicted. I can't go. I can't go three or four times a day. She said, I, she said, she said I'm, I'm upset right now because there's a whole pound of ashes gone. And one day he's going to be gone and I won't have nothing else. I'm like, you are crazy. You talking about need G, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. That's more than just addiction. That's, a, that's an issue. Another man said, he said, oh, I, I just love, I just love, I just love when you reach down and you pull hair out of a drain. You put, I'm like, man, this is, this is just too much for me, man. I can't, I can't, I can't. No, no wonder he got canceled, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you know, if you find, I didn't realize what kind of crazy people live in this world. But today... We have different kind of, uh, there's still those kind of people, I guess, but <coughs> we have people today that are addicted to drugs, to alcohol, to food, to work. Some people are addicted to cleaning, you know, their sodas. Some, some, some people are addicted to power and authority. They just love that. They love to tell people what to do. They're addicted to control, and they love to control things in their situations. They're addicted to social media, as some of y'all found out on this fast, I believe. Some are addicted to, well, some of the more accepted addictions or people addicted to bacon and Dunkin' Donut coffee. That's not, I'm not saying that's me, but I'm just saying that that is, that, is, that is what some people are addicted to. But for me, I got an addiction, and, and I, am, I am addicted. I am deeply, deeply addicted and, and, and deeply impassioned and obsessed, with, first off, with Christ but then with the opportunity to reach out to other people and to impact their lives and help them have life change for Jesus. Man, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm addicted to. Man, I love it when I get a chance, opportunity to talk to somebody, to share with Jesus, to love on somebody, to care about somebody. I just, I just, I'm a, I love that feeling to be able to say, God, I did that for you, not for me. Because I know that if I did it in my own ability, then I would fail every time anyway. But I love that. Matter of fact, this past week, and you, some of y'all probably, some especially older generation, basically, Facebook Live, who, what, hey, I think we have, we have a lot of people watching right now, matter of fact, whenever I checked earlier. But I had somebody, I went to Jay Michaels, Philly Daily last week when we went for lunch. Um, and uh, there's a girl there, and, and, and she uh, was, said, you know, hey, Pastor Doug, I have seen her several times there. She called me Pastor Doug, and she said, I watched your, your, your message online. I said, oh, well, praise God. You know, we don't know who's watching. You know, so we're excited to know where you're, where you're watching. She said, well, I watched it in the kitchen. I said, what do you mean? She said, well, she said, a couple weeks ago, she said, I was back in the kitchen, and I, and I, I wanted some word, and so no, I didn't have any tables, so I got on Facebook and, and watched your message. And then halfway through your message, they're like, hey, you got a table. She was, she was, I was kind of upset. She said, she said, so what I did was I just left it playing so everybody in the kitchen heard it because they needed to hear it anyway. And she said, so you can't preach it. And I can't went to my table and I came back and finished watching your message. And I was like, man, we don't know. You don't know who you're reaching. Something so simple as Facebook, you don't know what an impact it made. And she goes, thank you. Because when I'm at work, I can't, I can't. And I get to watch it online. There's people today that, that have told me, hey, I wanted to be at church today and I couldn't. You know, I'm out of town or I'm sick, but I'm watching online. You know, so there's a lot of people that have, have that, that, that ability. To, that's, our, that's our extended family. They're part of our church. There's, they would be in these seats if they could today. And some people can't. 
So, so it's amazing how that happened. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm dealing with a little bit of <coughs> asthma and sinus stuff here, so please forgive me for coughing. But this whole life, this whole life is so much more than, than money, status, and power, and the toys we buy. You know, there's something, and that's great, and that's wonderful, and I love to be able to pay all my bills. But man, there's just something about talking to someone and, and leading them to Christ and sharing a sinner's prayer with them and knowing that after that prayer is over, they are not going to spend eternity in hell, but they're going to spend eternity in heaven. Man, I, if you haven't done that, you need to try it. Now, I know some people are like, I can't do all that. Well, the Bible says Apollos water, you know, you know um, I, and, uh, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase, which means there's different parts of that. You might have just planted a seed in them. Okay, and then they somebody else planted a seed, and somebody else planted, and then somebody else is going to come by and lead them to Christ. But whoever planted a seed gets equal respect from God because they were part of that process. If you don't plant a seed, nothing grows. You can pray all day long for it, you can beg, it ain't going to happen. So it's just something special about that. And, and we are living right now at the tipping point of the four percent generation. Several years back, uh, Barner Research. Um, did, did a, uh, a research and they found evidence that shows if the current evangelism trends continue, only 4% of America's youth culture will be following a biblical value system by the time they reach adulthood and, and, and they'll be the ma decision makers in our generation. So in less than 10 years, let, probably around 5 years now, you'll have, some, you'll have a whole 4% of the 20 and 30 year olds will not believe in the value system of the Word of God. Because only, we're only reaching 4% in evangelism. Why? Because it's all, about, it's all about me. You know, it's all about me. It's not about nobody else. I'm saved. I'm satisfied. I'm good. Hope you meet Jesus because I want to see you in heaven. It's not. I have the answer. I, I say this a lot. But, you know, you have a test. It's okay to cheat on this test. God says, you have the answer. Tell everybody the answer. The answer is Jesus. But we want to keep it. You see, there's a, there was a, uh, a, a Time Magazine thing several years back, like 2013. It said, the me, me, me generation. Millennials are lazy, entitled narcissists, which means they're all about themselves. When they, when, um, who still live with their parents, why will they save us all? And why will they change us all? See, because they're all about me. You know, we have to reach that generation and help them all understand. Now, not all of them are like that, okay? But, but there, are, there are a lot of them are. There's a lot of them that, that are not about them. They're about others, but they're not turning their heart and life to Christ. There's a whole generation out there that, that is just waiting for someone to go do it. But the problem is, is we're only reaching 4%. Why are we only reaching 4%? Because we are only reaching 4%. We're not going out into the highways and the byways and going and ministering and doing the things that we do. On the first Saturday of every month, we go to the inner city and, um, and with boots on the ground, and we go minister to the inner city. We go, we go minister to different places, and, and you know, we, we do all kind of outreaches here in town at, at, at gas stations and at, at laundromat, all kind of places trying to reach people. If no other church does, and I believe there are, and there's a lot of great churches in town reaching a whole lot of people, but I want us at Kingdom Life to make sure that, hey, we're going to change. If we don't change that 4%, but to 5%, you know, change it a little bit. Say five, only five, we, if we can reach 1%, what can we do to make it to where people will, will become addicted to Jesus rather than addicted to themselves? Because what I, what's happening is, is, is if you don't find a purpose bigger than yourself, you're going to be your own purpose. You're going to live for you. You're going to live for your desires. And, your, you, and it, it's, it's, it, it, ends, it ends at a quick stop. Because you can only take yourself so far. You can only do so much. 
you're not that good, and neither am I. We have to have something bigger than us to, to fight for, to dream for, to go for. You know, long before the, the TLC uh, Strange Addictions came in 1 first, in first Corinthians 16, 13 through 15, it says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. You know that Stephanus and his household were the first in the harvest of believers in Greece. They were the first Christians that accepted Christ. And they, and they were spending their lives in service to God's people. One, one translation says they were, they were fully committed and devoted to, to, to God's people in service. I urge you, dear brothers and sisters. And then um, one, one, even actually one translation says they, were, they addicted themselves to the work of the ministry. <laughs> Now, I'm not talking about an unhealthy addiction where, you know, you're so caught up in ministry that ministry becomes your God, okay? Let's not do that. A healthy addiction is that, that you're addicted to Jesus, and because of that, you have his motive and your desires and your dreams and yourself to do that and, to, and try to make a difference. Jim Elliott was a, uh, he was a missionary, and he was killed in one of the operations, an Operation Uca, A-U-C-A, in Ecuador, trying to reach Ecuadorian people. And um, he, he wrote in his journal before he died, one of the, the biggest quotes there is. It says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He gave, he gave his life. What, what kind of, he, gave, he was a, a martyr on foreign soul. A divine addiction at its very best. And he also said, wherever you are, be all there. Now that should slap us all in the face. Because when we're at work, we're at home. When we're at church, we're at lunch. Okay? You know, when we're at home, we're thinking about work. And it's just we're never where we're at. You're never with your family. You're, when you're at work, you're, you're, you know, you're thinking about other things to do. And you're on social media trying to put yourself somewhere else. And when you're at church, you're thinking about eating. You're thinking about the night, the party you got to go to, this and that and the other. We're never all there. And that's why we have a haphazard, halfway Christian life. Because when we come to church on Sundays, we only give half of what we got. We don't really focus on God, and we're not all here. We're not all in God's presence. That's a divine addiction at its very best. And So I want to give you five quick price tags to divine addiction. Number one, go find a place to die. Go find a place to die. And I'm not saying go look at some cemetery plots, okay? Mother Teresa was an amazing Christian, and she, she had a big Catholic background, and we know she spent a lot of her time in, in India. She was full of love. If any, who, who beside Christ do you know that has love and compassion? You would probably say Billy Graham and Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa was full of love, and she spent her life having compassion and loving and trying to help people turn to Christ from AIDS and HIV virus and little orphan children. She just loved and cared about them so much. But there was one seminary student that emailed her and said, Mother Teresa... I finished my seminary ministerial training, and I want to come be with you. Could you give me some ideas of the best roads to get to you? And she said, she wrote back and said, if you choose to come, you must realize that we offer neither good roads nor possible income. All we can offer you is a place to die. In other words, we're going to give our life to this thing. And if you come, we're going to give our life to it. We're not, we're not going to hem all around. This isn't a temporary thing. This isn't a part-time job. You know, it, it's, it's a full, full thing. It's a heart thing. We're going to give our lives to this. And so we, I encourage you today to go into this world and find a place and a purpose or a priority and, and, and that, you can, that you can, Christ can use you and give your life to it. 
that you just could pour your life out into this and say, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to die for this cause and use part of that cause for the kingdom of God. And say, God, how can I use my, my, my life cause, whatever I'm doing, how can I use part of that for the kingdom of God? I want to give my life. <coughs> Excuse me. I want to give my life for it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I started taking my prednisone yesterday. So this, this fast is going to be hard because prednisone makes me hungry. <clears throat> but it also jacks me up. So first service, I was like, okay, let's praise God, everybody. He <laughs> like, gives me like that, so praise God. Okay, but in Matthew 16, 24 through 25, <coughs> it says, Jesus echoed this principle. Then he said to his disciples, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For the man who wants to save his life shall lose it. And anyone who is willing to lose his life for my sake will really find it. Go find a place to die. Give your life up for Christ. Sell out to Jesus. Say, God, I'm selling out to you 100%. I give you my life. I give you my everything. Everything is in your hands. Every, there is, everything is there for you. To, I, I just totally give it to you. And I'm going to go on with my mission and what my purpose and my destiny and my priority is. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to give it to you. And I'm going to give it my all. Everything you do, and, 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 you know, and I love it, like, like uh, uh, Cynthia, she's, she's an incredible um, kingdom keeper, and she does so much, she works in, that, in that, uh, the green room in there, and man, she gives her life to it. She's out here sometimes several times a week trying, trying to, trying to how, how can I change this to make it better? How can I make this look nice? How can, Pastor Doug, I got these questions, how can we, she, because she's here, she's, she's here to die for the cause of, of, of that greeter ministry to make it better for you so you can come in here and have a great experience. And that's all we need to do. Find something, find some kind of ministry that you can be a part of and be a part of it and give your whole self to it. Not just part of it. Not showing up late all the time. Not just, God, no, I'm here. God, I'm going to die. I'm here to die for this. So go find your place, your purpose, and your priority that's worthy of your heart and passion. Maybe it's technology and you can use that and help out with our social media. You know, you, you can use that for that. Maybe, maybe it's reaching out to people on evangelism when we, when we go to the um, inner city or go to these, uh, other, um, <coughs> these other events. You can use that. Maybe you're a teacher and you can help with small children. And you can, you can use that as, as your passion. Because, listen, I don't know why we have such a hard time to, to try to, to get children's workers. Because children, children's ministry is our most important ministry. What, what's, what's the most important thing when you're building a house? Foundation, right? That's, those kids are our foundation. Back there at the back, we're teaching them the foundation. Yes, they play, they have fun, they swing. But we're teaching them the foundation of Jesus. We say, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares for you. When that, whatever you need, God is. You, you, you need something, you need help. You, you need help with your mom. You, we pray, we pray, we seek God. And we're teaching them foundation basics. That's the problem with this 4%. Because nobody's teaching the babies. Nobody's teaching the kids. And we need to do this. Yeah, we need to teach adults. We need to teach t teens. But those little kids are going to become teens. The hardest problem with me as a youth pastor, whenever, for 18 years I was a youth pastor, my hardest problem was dealing with kids that were unchurched. Whenever I was, whenever I was at, at, at White Oak with, with, with Nick, and he was one of my students there, and, 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 and Tina was actually one of my, my, my workers. We had six buses. We had over 200 students that came every single week. And 90% of them were unchurched. Talking about trying to, try, trying to keep focus. I mean, they, they were about, I'd walk down, I'd be, I'd be preaching, I'm walking down the aisle, kid laying there drunk. I'm like, what are you doing? Get up. Uh, I, I, okay. 
But I'd rather be laying in the floor drunk and me have to get him up, and at least he's in church. They got in fist fights, and we had, to, we, had to, we had to deal with that. They would spit on the bathroom walls, and they, they, would, they would do all kinds. They would pass drugs in the bathroom. But they were in church. I was not going to let the opportunity go by and let them leave because I'm gonna, I'm, I got this power struggle, and we got to be careful. And no, 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 we got to reach them. At least they're here. And the thing is, is we got to understand that, that we got to reach out, and we got to get a foundation of these people. And if they never experience Christ, they're never going to receive Christ. This, this music team, this worship team, they give their life for this. They come early every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock or earlier. They come every week for two hours, sometimes three hours, just practicing for you to have that experience. They, give their, they, they die for you every week to their own agenda and their own situations, trying to <coughs> spend time so you can have a great experience. And I'm not talking about having a full-time ministry. I'm not even full-time yet. I praise God today I'll be able to. But the thing is, is I'm talking about full-time hearts. God, I got a full-time heart. I preached, I went to the National Youth Leaders Conference one time and preached a message, part-time, ministry, part-time pay, full-time ministry. I said, your pay don't dictate if you're full-time or not. Amen. You're full-time Christian. You know, and, and it doesn't matter. So I was going to give my full-time. I don't dictate how much I give to y'all if I'm paid full-time or not. I'm full-time in my heart. I'm going to give you everything I got if I don't get a dime for it. Because God's called me to this. If tomorrow all my salary leaves and everything, anything I have leaves, I'm going to still give you everything, all I got. Because I'm addicted to this. I want to help you. I want to help you help others. I want to reach our city. I want you to reach our city. But I can't do it by myself. I can talk to the lady at J. Michaels. But who are you talking to? You can pray for your, you know, you know something simple? Your server can come up. And when I told her last week, I said, last week I told him, I said, they're servers, not servants. And she was like, oh, thank you for saying that. You know, and, but, but you sit there and you, when they get, come up, take it and say, hey, we're getting ready to pray over our food. Do you have anything you want to remember you in prayer about? Some of them are like, no, I'm good. But some of them say, yeah, I'm really having a hard time with so and so and so. And so then when they come back, you say, hey, we prayed for you. We believe in God to answer that prayer. That's simple. That's non-invasive. It's not pushy. But God is in that, man. And they, are pre- they, they will always remember that. That by itself, is, has, people have said, what church did you go to? Yeah. Amen. I, I, was, I was at uh, Bath and Body Works with my wife. And, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and we were doing something, and a woman found out something about I, was a, I had a Kingdom Life Church. She goes, what is that? She said, I said, I'm a pastor. She said, well, pastor, pray for me. She said, I'm, I'm really overwhelmed. I'm in college, and so on, so on, so on, so I said, man, I'd love to have you. you know? And I said, okay. So anyway, I left. So I said, Gina, we got to go buy, back and buy something next week. She's, she's a Let's go. Let's, you know, that's fine. Her, her and, her and um, Kristen. Kristen's all the time. Every, every week, Kristen's showing me a two-for-one at, at the Bath and Body Works or somewhere like that. Not Bath and Body Works. Um, Yankee Candle. Kristen's all the time giving me Yankee Candle. I said, we got 15,000 candles at the church. We don't need another one. But they're on sale. I was like, no. So anyway, we went back that next week. And I, I said, where's she at? I said, they said, do you need help? No, no, no. Do you need help? No, no, no. And I, we found her. We walked over there, and I called her by name. And I said, hey, I came by, we, we, we're coming to get something, I don't want to take your time. I just want to let you know that I prayed this whole week for your, for your situation that you, that you asked me for. She said, are you serious? I said, yeah, I did. She said, thank you. Then I turned around and walked off. She knows where we're at. So the thing is, is just little things like that mean a lot to people. They just, like I said last week, it's all about people. It's all about people. It's not about us. It's not me, 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 me. It's all about people. Dream like you'll live forever, but live like you'll die tomorrow. I got dreams. I got visions from God of what's going to happen here at Kingdom Life. God's showing me visions and dreams, and I know I I got big dreams. 
Sometimes I'm, t- I'm showing God visions of dreams. He's like, hey, guy, I like this right. He's like, know your role. Know your role. Stay in your lane. I give visions of dreams. You don't give me visions of dreams. You know, stay in your lane. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. But, but God, I want so much for him. I want this, you know. And, but anyway, so, but I do that. I dream. I dream big. But every time I get on the stage, I want to I lay it all on the ground that if this is the last time I ever see you, if you never come to this church again, or, you, or what, what have you, that you are different, that you are changed, that you are better, that you leave here a better person than you came. I don't want to think, well, I got them all. I'm going to take it easy and take it slow because I want them to, to learn <coughs> this, or, this or that. <coughs> Amen. Thank you. Praise God. So anyway, so one thing you got to do is you got to look for a divine hookup. Okay? Now, y'all single people, get, get your flesh mind out. I ain't talking about hooking up with somebody. As soon as I said a divine hookup, oh, yes, Jesus, send me a divine hookup, Lord. Yes, Lord. No, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about divine hookup, a relationship with a more seasoned and spiritually um, respected adult that can partner with you to reach your fullest potential and destiny. Find somebody that's older than you or that's, some, that maybe, that's younger than you that has a deep walk with God because, because the years will tell so much more than the days will reveal. Right now, this is good. You got this day. You got this day. But see, they've had years of experience. That's why we have our oasis, our senior citizens in this church. They are so important. We can go to them and talk to them. You know, and like I said, all of them are. Some, some of y'all are very mature and you're, you're young in age. But there's a lot of young baby Christians in here, and we need to reach out to them and love on them and care for them and say, hey, let's, let me talk to you. Find somebody that you can call up on the phone and say, hey, I need some wisdom. I need some help right here. I do that. I got several people I call. Obviously, y'all know I call Pastor JD all the time and say, hey, man, I got a question. What, you know? And so, so, so there's a lot of people that I call, and, and, and I got some brothers in Christ. And I, I got a brother this morning that, that, that called me, one of my best friends since, since college. And Anthony Braswell just texted me this morning and just said, man, I'm praying for you, man. You're going to do great today. Just, just smile big. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I smile big anyway. That's you asked me to. But it's important to have divine hookup because Elisha, had Elijah. Matter of fact, Elijah, Elijah said, hey, Elisha, I'm going to go over here and do some stuff. You stay right here, and I'll be back. And Elisha said, not over my dead body. No, I'm going to go with you. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. I ain't just, can't, uh-uh, uh-uh. Let's, let, I'll go with you. He's like, well, okay, come on, cool, come on. And so they went together, and he trained him. He talked to him. And he said, I want a double portion of what you got. I want your anointing. I want your mantle. And when he, when he left, he was going up in a whirlwind. He threw his mantle back down on Elisha. And Elisha did exactly, if you look up all the scriptures and all the miracles, exactly twice of what Elijah did. I wonder if that's because he just said, I want a double portion. What if he would have said, I want a triple portion? What if he would have said, God, I want all you can give me? Would he have done more? Um, Samuel had Eli that, has, that raised him up and taught him. David had Jonathan, his access to the king's throne. Esther had Mordecai, and Mordecai told her in, in, in uh, 4 and 14, they were coming to, to try to kill all the Jews, and, and Mordecai's like, hey, you, you, you're the one that can change this. Esther, you're the one that can, that can make an impact right now. And, and so he said, um, in Esther 4, 14, who knows whether or not you have come to this kingdom for such a time as this. <coughs> for such a time. I'm sorry, Facebook, you don't hear me coughing in your face. You're terrible there. I just thought about that. But what he was saying was, Suck it up, Esther. God's got a plan for you. You're supposed to make a difference. Now is your time. Live in it. Be all here. Right now is where you're supposed to step up and be who you're supposed to be. How many times have we been confronted with a situation 
that we are supposed to be who we can be. And we have an opportunity to make a change, to make a difference. And we walk away from it. How many times have we lost the, whenever we, when you know God's, your heart's beating fast, you know you're supposed to say something. To, and try to, and we, just, we just chicken out and we don't do it. But if you were addicted to Christ, if you were addicted to your call, if you're ready to die for Jesus, then you would have, you would have just thrown it out there. If it worked, it worked, it didn't, it didn't, but you still did what you called to do. That's your purpose, your destiny, your priority. Swallow your pride and listen deeply to what life can teach you. As I said, the years will teach you what days will never know. There's something to say about wisdom. That's why Solomon asked, out of all the things in the world he wanted, he said, I need wisdom, God. Where do we get wisdom? Well, if you're young, you're a baby in Christ, you just ain't, it, it takes time for wisdom. So we need to talk to people who have wisdom and say, how does that happen? Let me tell you a quick story. The story is called um, Ubuntu. Ubuntu. Why? I mean, U-B-U-N-T-U. <clears throat> there was a story. It's a, it's a primitive African tribe in Africa, okay? And there was a missionary there, and he was loving on the kids and, and trying to, to reach them for Christ. And um, he was getting ready to leave. He said, I want to do something really cool for these kids. So what he did was he went and to, the, to the marketplace and bought a whole bunch of candy and got a big, beautiful basket, put ribbons on it and all this kind of stuff, and he, he took it to the kids, and he put it on the ground and drew a line in front of it. So then he went down over here and drew another line kind of, kind of far back. And he said, okay, kids, I want you all to line up. And it was 18 little kids there. He said, what I want you all to do is I want you to, when I say go, I want you to run to this line, and once you get to that line, whoever gets here first gets the basket of candy. So he's like, man, these kids are going to go crazy over this. So he said, ready, set, go. And they, all of a sudden, they all joined arms. And they ran across the finish line. Kind of, kind of, of course, the line was kind of like that. But, you know, because some were faster and slower. But they ran across together. And so he said, I wasn't expecting that. He said, I wasn't expecting that. He said, so t what's going on? He said, oh, that was um, Ubuntu. And he says, well, uh, he, says, he says, why should one of us be happy when all of us could be happy? And he says, well, teach me. What's this Ubuntu? What does that mean? He says, Ubuntu means I am what I am because of who we are. See, we're stronger together. We're stronger when we as Kingdom Life link arms. We're stronger together when us churches in this city link arms. That was what was so wonderful about the hurricane. The churches linked arms, man, and we did some serious ministry in this town. Why? Because the churches linked arms. And now that it's over, half of them have let go. We're not together no more. But I want us in this house right here at Kingdom Life to link arms spiritually and say, we're going to do this. We're going to reach this city the best we can. We're going to make that 4%, 10%. We're going to do something crazy. We're going to do what we can. We're going to get an ambition, a dream, a priority, and a purpose, and we're going to die for it. And we're going to make a difference. So they link arms. See, the number one, the number one trap that the enemy has for you today uh, um, as Christians um, in your spiritual destiny is relationships, romantic and um, friendships. So we have to, as, as the strange addiction, we have to stop eating other people's ashes. Not, 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 not physically, but symbolically. We just eat people up. We need their attention. We need, we need, we need, we need, we need. I need approval from you. Hey, I've walked in this for a long time. I was so beat down in the past that I just needed somebody's approval to tell me I was doing good. I was so beat down that I was just, just, just needed someone to say, hey, you're all right. And so I, I did what I could to try to make somebody say, hey, good job, buddy. 
because I was eating ashes from someone, from people. And the thing is, is that, that you need to love, love people with all your heart. That's fine. you got a, a, a spouse, a mate. Love them with all your heart. But love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Stop making your relationships and your friends and your desire for romance more important than your relationship with Christ. See, we want relationships with people so bad. I have so many people that, that, that like friends and, and kids, as soon as they break up with somebody, teenagers, when they would break up with somebody, they would be with somebody the next day. And already say, oh, you're my queen, you're my everything. I'm like, you just, bro, you just, date, you just met her today. Because they need, they need that relationship. Friends, close friends. I got some close friends, some people that got close friends. And as and, and soon as, soon as they, they broke up their close friendship, you know, they did everything together. They took selfies together everywhere they went. Every day they spent spending night at each other's house. But when they broke up, all of a sudden, within a couple of days, both of them had best friends that they stayed at their house all the time because they need somebody's approval. They need somebody to be there, and they're eating their ashes symbolically. We need, to, we need to not to do that and start focusing on God and his relationship. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart and affections. Who touches your hearts and affections? Relationships. It says, Above all else, guard your heart and your affections. What do you give your heart to? You better be careful. Because above all else, what do I give my heart and my affections to? My love, my care, my concerns. Because from out of it will flow all the issues of life. Every issue you're dealing with is because you gave your heart and your affections to something that was unhealthy. I always used to tell kids, show me your friends and I'll tell you who you are. I don't care what you act like at church. I don't care what you act like at discipleship. Let me see who you hang out with. Oh, no, it's cool, Pastor Doug. It's cool. You don't need to know my friends. I said, well, I already know who you're hanging out with. I'm just trying to get you to understand who you're hanging out with. Because you are who you hang out with. So from heaven's perspective, your relationship's addictions, the relationship addictions can be hurting and crushing and costing your destiny. If you don't understand this, then someday you're going to have that need, that addiction for somebody. And it can really do some scary things to you. Every significant relationship in your life that you have, you need to make a trip to the altar with it. And say, God, I give this relationship to you. I give my best friend to you. I give my husband, my wife, my spouse, my, my whatever. I give it to you. My, my job, I give this to you, God. This is, on, this is on the altar, but I'm going to always put you first. Don't ever let me put this before you. Because if God is number two, you might as well drop him to the bottom of the barrel because he ain't no good with that. He said, if I ain't number one, I ain't none. Just add an N to the O-N-E. You just made him, just add an N to it, none. Because he's like, I got to be number one in your life. Okay? The last point. Learn to yell at your pain. Learn to yell at your pain. Like I said, I had some pretty rotten things in ministry happen over the period, which all pastors have. Everybody goes through stuff. You have church members. You have other pastors. You have people that are above you, below you. you just, it's just stress, man. It's, just, it's heavy. People don't understand what, what, what we go through. It's like a roller coaster. You know, the, what, what we go through in life. We, we get up, come to church. We're all excited. Somebody comes and says, hey, I can't come today. Then you're like, oh, God, nobody's going to be there today because one person won't show up. You know, nobody's going to be. You know, then you come into church and you're like, hey, everybody's like, oh, pastor, I, I'm, I'm, waiting for, I'm, I'm hungry for a word of God. And your, your emotions go up. And then somebody says, hey, hey, I need to talk to you at the church. And your emotions go down. You know, and, you know, you know it just, it's just like this the whole time, you know, the whole week. Pastor Doug, I, can, I, can I set an appointment with you? Oh, my God. You know. It's just that your emotions are like this. And some people are, are good and some people want to help you, but some people want to hurt you. 
The enemy uses people that don't even want to be used by him to say things and do stuff. But I've, I've had some pretty hurtful things in my, in my ministry from, from other pastors and from other, from other situations in my life. And I tried to pound it out what happened. And, and, and especially as a young minister, it crushed me. I would sit in my office and I would cry like a baby, listening to worship music. God, help, what do I do? I don't, I don't know how to handle this. Because I was young. I was immature. I didn't know. But then I got older and it started happening again. <coughs> and one day, I decided to think about something that my spiritual mom told me, Jenny Mayo. And, and so I stood up in my office and said, I am not going to let this define me anymore. They do not determine who I am. They do not tell me who I am in Christ. I know who I am. You know, and you gotta, you got to yell at your pain and say, no, pain. God's going to use this for his glory. God's going to use this. This is going to help me. I am today here because of all that junk and, and, and that, that, that is there, all that, that past and all that stuff. I'm here today as happy as I've ever been in my entire life because I went through that. So that's all okay. None of that matters to me. I ain't mad at nobody. Why? Because... All of it got me right here where I'm at today. God used all that pain, and he turned it all into to, to joy. He turned it all into victory. That's why Romans 8, 28 says, All things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That don't mean that, I'm not saying God's going to, I'm not saying God causes all your pain, but he does allow pain to come sometime to get you on the right track to realize, hey, you're all about you again. Let me show you you ain't about you. It ain't you. So he'll let us, some, some stuff happen to us sometimes, and so we'll be like, oh, I need you, don't I? Yes, I, yes, you do. But what he, what, he, what he allows that to happen for is so when the enemy throws rocks at us that we can pick them rocks up and start making a beautiful stack. And as he did in the Old Testament, make an altar out of it. And so got all this pain, all this hurt. I'm just going to kneel it down before you and I'm going to give it all to you. And I'm not going to let it define me. They don't tell me who I am. They don't dictate my future. They don't tell me if I can make it or not. They don't, they don't, they don't, they're not, it doesn't matter what they say. All what matters is what you say. It doesn't mean... Um, that, that, that God is against you. It means he's for you. If you want your life to count for something, start yelling at your pain. And stand up in a room all by yourself and say, no, this is not, gonna, this is not the way it's going to end. This is not the end of my story. I believe in history. His story. And his story, history, can be my future. There's one more story I want to tell you before I go, and we'll be done. Oh, Lord, I'm a couple minutes late. It was a football, football player. He was he's going into his senior year. He, had a, he, he was a quarterback, and, and his junior high year, he had a pretty good year. Had a pretty good year. But then senior year came, and he was struggling. He actually was struggling a lot. And so it was senior game, so he knew he was going to start because he was a senior this year, even though he hadn't been playing that well. Excuse me. And um, homecoming festivities was coming up. So it was going to be a big hoopla. They were, they were going against their arch rivals. It was a pretty much said loss. This, this team was really good. And they're like, we're the underdogs. But it's okay. We're going to go. It's our senior game. We're going to do this. We're going to win. Two days before this big game, this guy's, this, this, this football player, his dad, had a serious aneurysm in his head and he died suddenly. Two, two days before this game. Every, this was like one of those uh, Friday night light type of communities where everybody knows everybody. And so they were all talking, oh, my God, what's, oh, my God, this is horrible, this is bad. And then um, the coach went to the boy's house and said, look, man, I know you're a senior, but, man, you don't got to do this. You don't have to start. I mean, I know you're upset, and 
And he said, no, coach, no, 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 stop, stop. What? He said, I want this game more than I ever have in my life. If I've ever wanted to play a game, this is the one game I want. This game. He's like, okay. Man, if it, man okay, I just, I'm just trying to be sad. He said, man, I don't need sympathy, man. This is the game I want. He said, okay, okay. So he went there, man, and, man, he tore it up. He threw for, for many, many yards. He tucked the ball and ran for touchdowns. He was chucking and jiving. He was doing his thing, man. He just tore it up. It was like the best game he ever had, number one. They, they, at the end of the game, they put him on his shoulder, and they ran him off into the, into the dugout. I mean, dugout is baseball. Into, the, into the, 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 the locker room. And he's like, they were like, man. So the, everybody's screaming, yelling, yeah, 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 yeah. And so the coach said, everybody calm down a minute. He said, he said hey, buddy. He said, what happened to you out there? I ain't never seen you play like that. He said, you just had a tragedy. He said, well, you know my dad died. He said, yeah. He said, well, there's two things you don't know. He said, first, my dad was a Christian. He said, okay. He said, my dad was blind. So he's in heaven today. This is the first game he ever seen me play. I'm here to tell you today that our father died. But he rose from the grave. And he's in heaven today watching you play. He's watching your game. Are you like this little boy here that gave his all so daddy could see him play good? Or we out here half-stepping it? We out here half-stepping, not even, not even playing to our fullest potential. And God's like, come on, man, what are you doing? Because, because let me tell you guys, we're in our last days. This is the last days. This is the Super Bowl. This ain't regular season. This ain't playoffs. We in our last days. How long last days will last? I don't know, but we are in the last days. So it, this, is, this is game time, guys. We can't, we can't be half-stepping it as a people or as a church. We got to go give our all. We got to give it all. We got to lay it all on the line and just go at it and say, Daddy, you watching me play. Be proud of me. And if you try to go for that first down and you stumble and fall, but you gave your all and your grit and everything you could to try to make it right, and you still fail in sin, God's like, you're doing good, man. Just get up and keep going. You got this. He ain't going to get mad and damn you to hell. And oh, you, know, you, you just say, God, forgive me. I'm trying, God. I'm trying. I know you are, buddy. Get up. Keep going. Just keep going. He's rooting you on. When you fall and do wrong, he ain't sitting there saying, oh, well, put, bench him. Bench him. He's going to hell anyway. He's not doing that. You got that repentant heart, and you're like, God, forgive me. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. I tried for the first down. But I didn't. Just get up and keep trying, buddy. Because I don't give you just four downs. I don't have downs. You just keep running until I come back and take you home with me. So let's today find a purpose, a destiny, a priority, a plan, and go after it to die for it. Find a ministry in a church that you can say, you know what? I'm going to give my heart to this. I'm going to do this thing. And I want to make it the best I can. But I know you work out in, in the community. We need ministers in the marketplace. We need ministers at the doctor's office, at the dentist's office. We need, de de we need, we need um, uh, ministers out on the ocean and, and fishermen. We need ministers at, on the, 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 the parking lots at, at car salesmen. We need, we need ministers in the uh, other places. Wherever you are, be all the way there. I was trying to think of something specific, and I couldn't, it couldn't hit my mind. But wherever you're at, whatever you do, at the hospital, wherever, be all the way there. 
and look at for opportunities. And when God puts you on the line and you get the ball, do something with it. Don't fumble it. Uh, uh, here, you take it. Do something with it. Just and, But I can't. Just do the best you can. That's all God wants. Period. Would you bow your hand and close your eyes? <laughs> Excuse me. God, I love you right now, and I thank you. Help us today, Father, to find a purpose, a plan, and a priority, God, and a destiny that we can run after, God, that you've placed in our hearts. You give us the desires of our hearts, God. So whatever you give us to do, God, help us do it and do it right. And help us to use it for your kingdom and your glory and your honor. Help us, God, to be able to, to, to reach out to our community. Help us to do Ubuntu and, and hold lock arms here at Kingdom Life and run across the finish line together. Don't let us leave anybody behind. Let us link arms and we can do so much more ministry together. Everyone. All walks of life. Rich, old, young. Poor, black, white, all of it, together. We have to do it together. God, help us today to make that purpose in our heart that we're going to give our life to you. And that we're not going to put relationships before you, God. We're not going to put nothing before you. Not fame, not power, not achievement, nothing. God, we're going to put you first. And we're, we may not be full-time ministry, God, but we're full-time heart. And we're going to give it all. And next week, God, help us to get our three for three this week. And help next week be a wonderful anniversary day. And help us to serve you and honor you. And let us bless you next week as we celebrate together. And let souls even be saved on our anniversary. There would be nothing greater than that, Father. That would be a successful day if one soul gave their heart to you. God, we honor you and we love you and we praise you for all you're doing. In Jesus' name. As your heads bowed and eyes closed, how many people would raise their hand and say,